Welcome to Strategic Insights, brought to you by PrideStaff. On each episode, we bring you interviews with leading management and employment experts from across the country. Your host for Strategic Insights is Brad Smith. And now, here's Brad. Hello, and thank you so much for listening in to Strategic Insights from PrideStaff. I'm your host, Brad Smith, and we have an amazing episode today. I really want to set the stage for this episode by sharing a few words. And one of those is respectful, efficient, selfless, trustworthy, dedicated, hardworking. And think to yourself, are these the qualities of the perfect person you'd like to hire? Uh, I'll say for myself that for me, I would love to hire this person. I'd love to work closely with this person. I'd love to lead this person because I know they're going to be hard charging. I know they're going to put their all into what they do every single day. And the great news is that most armed forces veterans really fall into this category. They share these qualities. And with a bit of cross-training, they can become highly valuable additions to our teams. They can become the type of people that are great to lead and the type of people who become leaders themselves. In this episode, we're really going to focus and talk about why military veterans make amazing employees. We're going to talk about what you can do to attract the best of the best of this talent. And joining me in this conversation is Robert Calamia owner and strategic partner of the Pride Staff Fort Lauderdale office. Robert, thank you so much for joining us today. Great. Thank you very much, Brad. I I look forward to this opportunity to talk to everyone. So, Robert, in addition to being a highly successful staffing agency owner, you have some military experience yourself. Can you share with, uh, with me and the listeners a little bit more about your background and how that really helped shape your life? Absolutely. And I appreciate the opportunity and the privilege to talk about this. Um, I joined the Army, Texas Army National Guard when I was about 19 years old. I served six years as a uh, cannon crew member in a 155 millimeter howitzer. I was in field artillery and I left in about 1995 as a sergeant, E5. So Robert, you were in field artillery. So when, when thinking about this, there really isn't a civilian job that aligns with that directly. And that's a case for a lot of military veterans. You finish up your military career, you come out, you don't exactly know where to go. So if you don't mind, just at a very high level, talk to us a little bit about how your military experience and how that experience in field artillery really helped you personally and professionally. Great. Well, I'm going to start with a little bit, little story first. So when I, before I joined the National Guard, I was in, at, enrolled at the University of Texas at El Paso. I was doing very poorly. Um, I didn't know what direction I really wanted to go in my life. I had always been attracted to the military. Um, I was actually in the Army ROTC program there at, at UTEP as well. And I thought, I just, I'm going to drop out. I'm going to go infantry, uh, ranger. I wanted that whole nine yards and that to be gung-ho and, and to go for that experience. I, uh, my parents were not excited about that prospect. Um, I made a deal with them that I joined the National Guard first to see if I liked it. And then if I did, I could always go active if I needed to. Um, I couldn't pay tuition. Uh, I was working in a minimum wage job and hating life. And uh, I was basically very immature. And when I went to boot camp, it was like this uh, epiphany that hit me. Uh, I was in full combat gear, running behind a tank. My water was so hot in my canteen, you could have washed dishes with it. And uh, the, carrying about 60 pounds on my back and I covered in dirt. 
And I remember saying to myself, you know what? College isn't so bad. I love my parents. College has air conditioning. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it, it really matured me very quickly. And when I came back out of boot camp and my AIT class, I, I, I was a star student. I was a star citizen. And it really shaped me to even to be who I am today, just that, that short experience in the six years I served. Um, and you mentioned coming out as a, a cannon crew member and a howitzer. Um, yeah, there are no transferable direct skills out there for this. <laughs> um, but what it did do is it shaped me as a person. And that's just as important as coming out with any kind of certificate or any kind of uh, skills that you can imagine. Because I was able to always operate in a high-stress environment. There's nothing I felt that I couldn't do or accomplish. And it taught me how to uh, present myself under pressure and not, not be emotionally fragile. And it gave me a self-discipline as well. Now, those things that I mentioned are transferable and ideal skill sets in any position out there. So even though I may not have had that direct skill set, I think those types of um, softer skills, if you will, uh, are directly transferable to the job market. And a lot of our military members out there today have that. We just have to find it. Um, and again, I'm not talking about every person in the military. Uh, it's like in the organization, you have the good and the bad, but people tend to be come out of the military very solid, very uh, mission-oriented and goal-focused. And Robert, those skills that you mentioned arguably are more important than those quote-unquote required skills that we see in many job descriptions. Those are Absolutely. things that they're very hard to teach on the job, but you've, you've learned that through your military career that gave you the perspective to understand that, you know, coming out of this, maybe the real world, maybe, maybe uh, the job and, and the requirements of that position weren't as bad as not having that perspective. Let's Build on that a little bit, and I'd like to think from the employer perspective, how can we as employers or internal HR managers or recruiters do a better job of aligning the job skills from the military with our current job openings? Excellent question, and it takes a little work to do that, and sometimes it does take some knowledge as well, and sitting down with the veteran and, and actually having to ask it some in-depth questions about their experience is going to be helpful to kind of pull that out of them too. But if you think about it, uh, a lot of these guys are coming out with skill sets, but we have to translate from their military experience to the civilian. Let me give a working example. Uh, when I started really working towards recruiting uh, veterans, um, I dealt with a gentleman who was fresh out of, well, he was out of Iraq, uh, the army, and his uh, military specialty was um, air conditioner repairman. And all he did in Iraq was set up air conditioners and field units. Tremendous experience, but he lacked uh, the resume writing uh, skills that some may have. So he had a problem translating that military experience to a civilian resume. And it takes part of the, the strategic partner to also communicate with employers about and translate some of that experience verbally that maybe they have problems expressing on a, a civilian type resume. I contacted uh, air conditioner uh, repair groups that were always looking for this type of talent. And because he, even though he lacked the civilian certificates, they were able to bring him on because they knew that there was a very short learning curve and to help him get those, those uh, civilian papers in order to um, be successful in his, his job. But it does take work uh, to be able to translate that. 
Uh, in the military, they work with a lot of people. Um, they have out-processing counselors that help them prepare resumes, but there's still a lot of work that has to be done. But I think employers are going to really enjoy having military-oriented folks um, on their teams because, they're one, they're extremely loyal. They're regimented in terms of every, they're used to following a process. They're always looking to improve a process and um, uh, simply detail-oriented. You know, uh, you know, in the military, even they tell you to, you know, pay attention to detail. That's the phrase. And um, uh, they have a deep respect for authority as well. And they're always going to say yes or no, sir. They're going to respect the chain of command. And when you compare that to a lot of the youth of today, um, it's, it's very refreshing to have someone with those kind of uh, that kind of military etiquette, so to speak. It certainly is. Yeah. And you've certainly laid a good case and groundwork for why hiring vets can be so beneficial from the employer side. And I love that concept of looking through and seeing what skills um, can be transferable and how we can shorten that learning curve and be a little bit more flexible in our requirements and bring that vet in. And and oftentimes they're an amazing employee that has a lot of longevity and and drives uh, productivity, not only of themselves, but of others around them, which is, which is great. So for those companies that are listening to this and they, they see that value of hiring vets, where do you really start? How do you go about attracting these type of, of skilled professionals? First of all, uh, I think it's important to advertise that you're veteran friendly. But before you do that, it has to be understood what that actually means. It's commitment. Because if you say you're vet friendly, that means you're going to be open to uh, understanding that they might not possess the perfect civilian type of certifications that you may require. You have to be flexible to maybe train these people to uh, get those civilian certifications, like I was mentioning about the AC installer uh, earlier. Um, It can't just be a moniker that you throw up on a business card or a PowerPoint slide. It is a real commitment to understanding the community and what these folks do, what they've been through, and what their expectations are, and ideally what they're capable of. And it's appreciating that, Um, you know, also you have to involve yourself with the veteran community. It's not, like I said, it's not just throwing a label up. Does your organization support uh, veteran um, types of organizations out there? Um, Does your organization um, hire military spouses? Are you going to be flexible for those people that may be in the reserves or National Guard? in order to take in that type of personality into your organization, but you might have to be able to let them go on a a weekend or a week for their deployments or what have you. But what you get in return is so rich, it's it's absolutely worth it. So Robert, I want to build on something that you talked about a little bit. Obviously, there's different branches of the military. You are a reservist, which is, is a little bit different. Tell us more about the value that reservists can bring to the civilian workforce. Uh, good question, because uh, you have your active duty personnel, and then you have your reservists and guardsmen. Uh, your guardsmen also have a state mission as well. Uh, during hurricanes, floods, uh, riots, or anything of that nature, they may be deployed very quickly uh, for those types of missions as well. Um, but reservists are working day in, day out. They're called the citizen soldier, and uh, they could be your neighbor. Uh, They're just out there working every single day, but one week in a month, two weeks a year, uh, they're working a full-time mission for their uh, respective service. 
And uh, that has to be respected and complied with uh, by federal law. Um, but again, you're getting that type of personality and they may have other types of civilian skill sets that because they are a full-time civilian as well. Um, and also, I would also recommend recruiting at these types of locations as well. The reserve center, the armory. Um, some of these folks have, uh, for example, here in Fort Lauderdale, we had a, a reserve unit that was heavy equipment operators. We uh, went on a weekend. You could sometimes, if you talk to the right people, they'll let you set up a, a table on a weekend and recruit because they know that they're, they're citizen soldiers, but some of them are looking for work too. And uh, we were able to place some people at the airport operating heavy equipment um, simply because that's what they did in the military on, on every one weekend a month, two weeks a year. And it worked out perfectly. And they came with that, the softer skill sets we were talking about in the beginning. But again, it has to be understood. Sometimes these folks are deployed for national security purposes. They could be deployed up to a year. Uh, it could be three months. It, it just depends. But you have, as an employer, that's what I was talking about. You have to be able to accept that flexibility in order to be truly veteran friendly. So we need to be a little bit more flexible and having that flexibility is going to get us people that are more dedicated, that are detail oriented, that come with a great work ethic. Are there any other challenges that come along with hiring vets? Is it just about flexibility or are there some other concerns that we should be aware of? There, you know, sometimes uh, people come out of the military and they could be what we call high speed, low drag, where they're very gung ho, very mission oriented. Let's knock this out today. Um, and that doesn't always fly in the, the particular work environment uh, or the, co the corporate culture of certain organizations. So that has to be toned down sometimes. And that's a talk between the HR professional and the military member to where it's not coming across as an insult, but more of a um, how to blend in with the current culture. Keep, keep those attributes that attracts us to you, but you, you have to dial down. You're not going to be yelling at people or you know, giving orders, especially uh, to, to everyone that, that you work with. Um, and then sometimes, too, people come out of the military uh, they've been receiving overseas pay, they have commissary privileges, they have free health care, um, and they come into the civilian world thinking that they're going to be matching all that in a job. And that's the biggest rude awakening that I've dealt with with veterans uh, coming off active duty. And uh, it, it's a real shock to them uh, entering the civilian world, because in their mindset, they, they, they have all these skills that they could directly apply. And that's not always the case. And that takes some real hard counseling. And sometimes that leads to a depression to the veteran as well uh, that you have to deal with because uh, they're just having a problem adapting to the, the real world environment that uh, they're coming out to. Terrific. Now, Robert, I know Pride Staff has many military veterans uh, on staff from top leadership all the way down to entry level positions. Talk to us a little bit about pride, how Pride staff can help with recruiting and uncovering great vets for other employer, employers, other companies out there. Sure. Um, so what we did locally, uh, we had a group that was a local group that expanded to a national level before, unfortunately, they closed down. It's called Patriot Placements. And they were helping vets find work in the civilian world. And I partnered with them. Um, and they were feeding me resumes of people that were trying to move to Fort Lauderdale or were present and were veterans. So it was acted as a whole nother stream of resumes for me uh, that I didn't otherwise have. 
And also they worked with military spouses. And that's a whole nother category that should be tapped into as well. Because um, these, these folks are just as, uh, they served our country essentially just like the vet does. Um, because they have to move around a lot. Sometimes they don't, they lack the um, certifications or the education, but they're just as qualified to work somewhere. And uh, tapping into that group is, is also very valuable. But reaching out to your local military bases, if you have any in your area, uh, is also advisable because they have outplacement offices that are constantly working with soldiers who are um, leaving the military and are looking for work. And you can even hold um, resume writing classes, uh, introductions, et cetera, uh, with those, that group. Um, there's also uh, another group here we worked with. There, it was a organization that helped uh, homeless veterans um, get furniture, get an apartment, et cetera, and lined up. Um, we donated, not only donated to that group, but we also um, uh, worked with them in trying to find applicants as well. Sometimes some vets just simply run out on hard times. Uh, we ran across an individual who worked on a nuclear submarine, actually, and extremely intelligent, but uh, was dealing with his mother's sickness and cancer and uh, ran into severe um, financial issues because he couldn't work and he was taking care of the mother. The mother passed and quickly he found himself homeless. And he, we bought him work boots. We helped him find a job. And um, I even drove him. I know it's a no-no, but I drove him from the shelter to the job location for an interview. Um, he got the job. He was one of their star employees. And he was able to catapult into a $70,000 a year job because of his intelligence. And it's just those kind of things. We took a chance on someone. But because of those values, because of those intrinsic uh, values and, and uh, um attributes that we talked about earlier, he was able to drive forward and just need some help. So don't, don't, um, do not uh, start thinking that, oh, I'm not going to look over here because they might not have money or that you never know what, what could be there. Uh, also, I joined a West Point alumni group and I am not an alumni of West Point, unfortunately, but uh, because I was prime military and because of my mission of trying to help veterans find work, uh, I was able to uh, gain access to officer level individuals who were looking for work or they were managers or leaders in their organizations and they hired me to recruit for them because of my association with the military and what my mission, what I was trying to do. Also, one more thing, uh, I also looked for HR managers on LinkedIn and whatnot for companies who were prior military and had discussions with them and, and told them I'm trying to hire them vets. And they brought me on contracts just because of that very reason. And we did a lot. We placed a lot of folks there. Robert, you brought up so many good points there. I don't even know where to, to begin to unpack that. But I mean, I love that you've made so many relationships with veteran based organizations in your market. Uh, you've reached out to alumni groups. You're thinking through military spouses and their needs and how we can open up the talent pool to those individuals who might have challenges finding a, finding a job. There's just so much value in, in what you're doing there. And I know that Pride staff offices across the country are doing similar things. So for those listening, if you're thinking to yourself, wow, hiring a veteran and uh, having all of these great soft and hard skills that come along with that would be great. Reach out to your local Pride Staff office, visit pridestaff.com, make a connection to your local office, and they can work with you on opening up your jobs, your opportunities to this amazing talent pool. 
Robert, thank you so much for your time today. Any closing words of wisdom? One last thing I'd like to add. Um, less than 10% of the U.S. population ever puts on a uniform and writes that blank check with their life basically to serve this country. So these are unique people. They have strong work ethic and strong value sets, and they serve their country. And we got to think, too, it's time to serve them as well as they enter the civilian workforce. Robert, you certainly sold me. I'm, I'm uh, definitely looking to bring more people with this level of experience, these type of skills into our own organization. And I love that you've taken up that effort in Pride staff and are helping end employers with that effort as well. Thank you again so much for your time. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you all. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you for listening to Strategic Insights, brought to you by Pride Staff. Whether you're looking for high-level workforce consulting or staffing help to meet demands, Pride Staff is here to help.